Thanks for tuning in. One of the things that makes Outcasting and its related programming possible is financial support from listeners like you. Please visit us at outcastingmedia.org and click on support to make your tax-deductible contribution. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Outcasting Off the Clock. This month featuring the Outcasting Game Show, where we discuss the news, LGBTQ facts, and more. The format is very simple. Each contestant has prepared three questions on three separate topics and will take turns posing and discussing these questions with the other contestant. The person who correctly answers the most questions or cracks the best jokes is the official Outcasting Supreme Leader of LGBTQ facts and puns. This edition of Outcasting's game show is a smackdown between Justin and me, Chris. So Justin, thank you for being on the game show today. Thank you for having me. How, how are you doing, Chris? I'm doing actually really well. I have been preparing these game show questions for a while, and I'm actually really excited for, for this. Same here. Uh, so Justin, how about you start with your first question? Sounds good. Inclusivity in the world of film is important. It feels good to have characters who share aspects of your identity. So when a movie or TV show has trans characters, it's important that the actors be trans in real life. Elliot Fletcher is an example of a trans actor playing trans characters. In the TV show The Fosters, Elliot Fletcher plays a teenage character, Aaron. Aaron has an altercation with the police, and they arrest him. Aaron is transgender, but not public about his gender identity. What do the police do when they realize Aaron is trans? Do they A. Put him in solitary confinement B. Force him into a female facility and deny him hormonal medication when he asks for it C. Place him in a men's facility where he was sexually assaulted, or is it D? They release Aaron but purposely misgender him. Well, for most TV shows that I watch, I don't think they'd dedicate enough time to like fully incarcerate a character, and especially just one character. So I'm gonna cross off B and C. So my final answer is D: release Aaron but purposely misgender him. That is incorrect. The correct answer was A: they put him in solitary confinement. But sadly, all of these answers have happened before. As a result of the way prisons and correctional facilities are organized, trans people's safety and lives are put at risk. And even though federal law requires state prisons to evaluate whether to house transgender prisoners with men or women based on which one they feel the most safest in, that's not the reality. In an NBC News investigation based on dozens of documents received through public records and interviews, researchers and advocates, it found that nearly all transgender prisoners are housed according to their sex at birth and not their gender identity. It's a pretty gross legal oversight, and it goes to show how society kind of forgets that its prisoners and trans people are real people. It's a really terrible thing that all of these things have happened, and I, it just shows how corrupt the incarceration system in America is, and especially for trans people. But also, this isn't just about the incarceration system. There's also stories with like ICE detention centers and a lot of other injustices that the trans community has to deal with. I definitely agree. And after the character Aaron gets out of jail, he explains to a close friend that people celebrate you if you come out as gay. But when you come out as trans, a lot of people in your life feel betrayed. What do you think about discrimination within the LGBTQ community against trans people? Well, first off, I think that a lot of LGBTQ people think that they're exempt from discrimination against trans people and transphobia. And I think that's a very important issue to recognize because they just think that because they're part of the LGBTQ community, they don't realize that they can be discriminatory to the trans community as well. So I think that's a very important issue to recognize. Definitely. I agree. So to continue with my first question, in the U.S. Department of Labor, 
there is an office called the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. In December, it announced a new rule that could increase discrimination against LGBTQ people. What does the new rule provide? A. That LGBTQ people can no longer teach in public schools. B. That federal contractors can assert a religious liberty claim to avoid non-discrimination provisions. C. That employees will have to tell their employers their sexuality before being hired. Or D. That employers don't have to provide employment benefits, like health care, to LGBTQ employees. I don't feel like it's A or D because I feel like that's a very drastic action, very dramatic. And I'm going to have to go with B, that federal contractors can assert a religious liberty claim to avoid non-discrimination provisions. And sadly, you're correct. We've been talking about religious liberty or people citing religious liberty to justify discrimination against LGBTQ people, a law on outcasting recently. And Jenny Pizer is the guest on our current outcasting series on religious liberty. And she says, this adds yet another gaping hole to the Swiss cheese the Trump administration has been systematically making of our country's essential civil rights protections. And you can hear more on our website, outcastingmedia.org. I think it's really troubling that these people in power can use their religion as a way to discriminate against people. Another thing is that not all Christian people or people of the Christian faith are straight, and a lot of people are accepting of LGBTQ people. So I just think it's really ignorant when people cite religious liberty to justify discrimination against people within their own religious community, you know? That's so true. So right now, I have zero points and you have one. So let's move on with your next question. Sounds good. In the UK, there is only one National Health Service gender clinic. New rules that went into place in December say that trans minors, if they are deemed incapable of giving consent, must go through a very specific judicial process in order to be prescribed puberty blockers. Puberty blockers are medicines that can be given to prepubescent trans youth. They prevent puberty from happening by blocking certain hormones. Puberty blockers act for a couple of months at a time and are generally reversible and safe. That way, a trans teen can undergo gender transition at a later point without having to do surgery or additional potentially harmful hormones. Until the new rules, trans adolescents with gender dysphoria could directly access puberty blockers without having to go through a judicial process. However, now according to the court ruling, people under the age of 16 are deemed not to have the ability to fully understand the impacts of medically transitioning, and they can now be considered unable to consent to puberty blockers. As a result, the National Health Service Gender Clinic suspended referring to endocrinology services, thereby denying many trans adolescents a medicine that could easily improve their lives. Which one of these was a contributing factor for the court's ruling to blocking transgender adolescents from directly accessing puberty blockers? Was it A, a testimonial from a mother of an autistic child who has expressed gender dysphoria? Was it B, a scientific report demonstrating that transitioning prematurely leads to severe negative consequences to both physical and mental health? C, a report from an anti-trans group declaring that trans people are mentally unwell and puberty blockers contribute to that mindset? Or is it D, a report from an alternative medicine group on how puberty blockers are harmful to a child's body in their development? So for me, I'm not too educated on trans health or like hormones and stuff, but I do have a couple of trans friends that are on the spectrum and I know they got a lot of heat from being on the spectrum and being trans. So I'm going to go with A, a testimonial from a mother of an autistic child who has experienced dysphoria. 
That is correct. And actually, Outcasting did a series on medical transitioning, and we interviewed a physician and a psychologist who both treat trans youth. You can hear the series on our website, outcastingmedia.org. According to the physician, Dr. John Stever, puberty blockers work at the level of the brain, and they basically block the message going to the brain down to the gonads so that the person does not generate either estrogen or testosterone. He continues, they basically put puberty on a hold until the family can get sorted out. The patient can, you know, mature enough to provide informed consent so that they have a great role. Their biggest disadvantage is that they are extremely expensive. That's especially really sad to hear that someone's mother testified against their own rights and their own right to transition. So that's just really upsetting to hear. So to move on to my next question, a barista was working at a Starbucks location in Glen Ridge, New Jersey. She refused to wear pride shirts distributed by Starbucks during June of 2019. She asked her manager if she was required to wear one, and her supervisor replied that she was not. The barista was later fired over her conduct towards her coworkers who wore the shirt. What did she do that ended in her termination? Did she A, steal the t-shirts from her coworkers, B, burn a pride flag inside the coffee shop, C, attempt to perform an exorcism on her coworkers for wearing the pride t-shirts, or D, tell her coworkers they need Jesus for accepting the t-shirts? I think these are all very extreme, like burning a pride flag inside of the coffee shop or the person trying to perform an exorcism on their coworkers. That's very extreme and crazy. Yeah, I completely agree. All these answers are like very, very extreme. And I feel like all of them are kind of kind of insane, you know? Yeah. But I think that A, steal the t-shirts or D, tell our coworkers that they need Jesus are the most probable. So I'm going to choose D. Tell our coworkers that they need Jesus for accepting the t-shirts. And you are correct. Even though she wasn't required to wear the t-shirts, she is now suing Starbucks and she's justifying her actions for telling her coworkers they need Jesus for wearing a t-shirt by saying everyone needs Jesus. And it's a general statement. That's really crazy. And I think this shows that people will actually use religion as a excuse or a reason to discriminate against LGBTQ people. Yeah, and especially in this current political climate, she might actually win her lawsuit. Sadly. Yeah, completely. So uh, right now I have one point and you have two points. So let's move on to your next question. New York State has just recently announced that around late 2021, non-binary New York drivers will be able to change their gender marker from male or female to X. What brought this about? Was it A, an effort by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to let non-binary people put their actual gender on the driver's license. B, an effort by the Obama administration to let non-binary people change their gender marker to X. C, a lawsuit by a New York resident stating that requiring people to choose between male and female discriminates against non-binary people. Or is it D, an agreement among motor vehicle departments to implement non-binary gender markers? Okay. So I personally don't think it's A because I feel like Andrew Cuomo with COVID and everything has a lot more on his plate than this. I feel like it's definitely an important thing and it's definitely something that I'm glad is happening. And the Obama administration has ended almost four years ago. So I think it's either C or D. So which one do you think is more likely, C or D? Well, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm going to go with C. A lawsuit by a New York resident stating that requiring people to choose between male and female discriminates against non-binary people. That is correct. 
And I think it's really interesting how the DMV is just starting this process of adding the X gender marker because in New York, you can list your child gender as X on birth certificates. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really great thing that's happening that they're starting to have more gender inclusivity. And I remember talking to my family about how they're going to have a new option for gender, which I think is a, it's great and something that's very well needed right now. And according to state officials, the lawsuit said it was moot because there's already a plan to let people choose a gender marker of X, but it won't be in place online until late 2021. There's a very patronizing and dismissive tone to the reactions of these state officials in the system. Where being cisgender is the norm, adding an X option on one's driver's license can seem trivial, but for trans, non-binary, and other people, it's anything but trivial. For them, they have to work every step of the way for their own acknowledgement. I think in these situations, it's best to think as if you're the other person. And in this specific situation, it's best to think that you are non-binary and just imagine how they would feel not having that gender neutral option and how they do feel now that they have it. And I think that problems, especially involving the LGBTQ community, could be solved with that mindset. That's a good point. So let's move on to my last question. Franklin Graham is the president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He has called homosexuality an abomination and actively advocates for gay conversion therapy. The Human Rights Campaign, or HRC, is a major national LGBTQ advocacy group. Why did Franklin Graham lash out at HRC and say that its statement is not only an attack on free speech and expression, but also an attack on our religious liberty? Did he say, A, that HRC condemned all Christian schools, B, that HRC was advocating that churches should lose their tax-exempt status under the Biden administration, C, that HRC said that there was a possibility that Christian universities would not be exempt from the Higher Education Act under the Biden administration, or D, that HRC said that Christian schools could no longer teach the Bible under the Biden administration. I think these are all very probable answers, but the least probable answer I think would be D, so I'm going to cross that off. I'm going to go with B. The HRC was advocating that churches should lose their tax-exempt status under the Biden administration. And unfortunately for you, that is incorrect. The correct answer is C, that HRC said that there was a possibility that Christian universities would not be exempt from the Higher Education Act under the Biden administration. And basically, Franklin Graham is saying that it's an attack on free speech and expression and religious liberty to teach science in schools. That's really crazy, and I think that people like Franklin Graham are using different things to just discriminate against the LGBTQ community. Yeah, and if you didn't know, uh, Franklin Graham is Billy Graham's son, and he is a very notorious person to the LGBTQ community because it's very well known that he supports gay conversion therapy. And if you want to hear more about that, you can check it out on our website, outcastingmedia.org. And to wrap up this game show... We tied two to two. My second tie. I usually lose game shows. I'm not really good at game shows, but I think I did well this time. This one was a fun one. I like this one. Me too. I think we had really interesting questions and I love learning about different topics. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Justin, for being with us on Now Casting Off the Clock. Thank you for having me.